So let us turn to the word of the Lord today and see what He has uh, for us. This morning, I'd like to share on small things matter. Yes, small things matter to God. Small things make a difference in your life. Small things will make, will determine your destiny. Now, 2020 can be said to be the year of small things. It's not the big thing anymore. Corporations, nations have big plans. Even churches have big plans. But all these have just kind of faded away. In the midst of the pandemic, everything scales down. The big plans give way to the small things that really matter. In the working place, at home, and in the church. It's not a big attendance that really matter anymore, but rather the small things that happen in your home through online services, through connect group, through Zoom meetings, and whatnot. So it's not the time to focus on the big things. Of course, there are big companies that, that are doing very well. Amazon, Alibaba, in one day, they can make billions of sales. These are for the big boys. But for most of us, we struggle through the mundane, the routine. And if we can be found to be faithful in the small things, I would say that we would do very well already. And so today, I'd like to talk about small things. My text is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17 to 54. Actually, it's from the whole chapter. 1 Samuel 17 is a very much love passage of Scripture, and we know it very well. It's a story of David fighting against Goliath. From young, we heard the story. And even when we are old, we love the story. Almost everybody knows about this story, whether they are Christians or even non-Christians. It has become a proverb. When the underdog fights against a giant, a powerful person, we say it's a battle of David against Goliath. And we cheer. We cheer for the underdog, the David. We do not want Goliath to win. People know the story and can relate that to their life. But here it is, it is more than just a story of David fighting, fighting Goliath. Yes, the Philistines have invaded Israel. And they were camped about 16 miles southwest of Jerusalem. On one mountain, there were the Philistines' army. On the other mountain, there were the Israel army. And in between, there was the valley. And usually, the two forces will meet and fight it out in the valley. One-to-one -one combat. And the last man left standing would be the winner. But in this case, the battle strategy has changed. 
There was one man from the Philistine army named Goliath, the giant size man who challenged the army of Israel and said, we will not fight the conventional way. We will fight one man against the other. And the winner takes it all. And so Goliath challenged the army of Israel, but nobody dared to take up his challenge until David showed up. But it is more than the story between David and Goliath. It is a nation that is in a perilous situation right now. Israel was in a very dangerous situation right now. They could, they could be wiped out and their identity as the people of God would be lost. A lot is at stake. And so it is more than just a story of David and Goliath, but it is the future and the destiny of the nation. We know this story very well. And the name David, we know very well, it is found in 56 chapters of the Bible. And many of you are named David. How many of you are named David? Say, just type into the group, I am David, you know. Yeah, you know, you chose a very beautiful name, a very, very familiar, a very powerful name. In Israel, in almost every place, they fly the flag. And there is the star of David on the flag. Oh yeah, we love David. But it is more than just a personal battle here. But I'd like to focus not on the battle itself, but on what happened before the battle that really determines the outcome of that battle. Small things matter. The first thing we notice is we have to do small tasks with excellence. And so while the armies were having a standoff, there was Jesse, who had three sons in the army, who were concerned for the welfare of his three sons. And so he sent the youngest by the name of David to just deliver some food to his brothers and also to the commander of the army. And so in verse 17 to verse 22, the Bible tells us that Jesse gave an assignment, a job to his younger son who was a shepherd boy by the name of David and says, take now to your brothers some roasted grain, 10 loaves of bread, and thank Jesus for the commander. That was all. Bread, grain, and cheese. And that assignment was given to David to just send and deliver the food to the frontliners. They were not engaged in war as yet, but they were just having a standoff, and it has been 40 days. 80 times Goliath has challenged the army of Israel, morning and evening, 40 days. And he must have worn out the army. 
and food may have been scarce. And there was thoughtful Jesse to send food. So David has this assignment. Would he take it? Remember that in chapter 16, just one chapter earlier, David has been anointed king of Israel. It did not work out as yet. He was still a shepherd boy, but he had been prepared even for greater role. It could have been very easy for David to say, but I have been anointed as a king. Do kings carry cheese? And now David accepted the appointment. He obeyed his father. And the Bible tells us that very early in the morning, David arose. In verse 20, David arose early in the morning. Here is a man who do small things well. Including just getting up. Arising early. David was never a lazy boy. Though he was even in the field taking care of the sheep, he was a very responsible person. He did not just laze around doing nothing. And in this case, when, especially when an assignment is given, he arose early. It is very important for us to show up for God's appointment, for God's assignment. Because David arose early. He went, by the time he reached the battlefield, he was just right on time. If he had been, if he had overslept and had been Half an hour or one hour later, he would have missed Goliath. He would have missed the battle and the event of his life. If he had been too early, he would have missed it also. So he was just right on time because he arose early. He took his task seriously. And although it was just a menial task of delivering food to the frontliners, he was, he did it with excellence. He executed it with excellence. The Bible tells us that before he left for, for the battlefield, he, he got somebody to take care of the sheep. He got somebody to take care of the sheep. He did not just leave the sheep alone and just walk away from what he was previously responsible for. That shows that he did small things with excellence. And when he reached the battlefield, in verse 22, he, he, he deposited the things that he had to somebody to safeguard it even. Some translation calls it carriage. Some translation uh, uh, says about his things. So he did not just drop things everywhere and later could not find it. Small, small things like this, and yet he did it with excellence. How many of you have heard of teenagers who have such a great sense of responsibility and excellence? But David was such a person because that's his character. He has been inbuilt even right from the onset. Doing small tasks with excellence. Just carrying cheese. 
How important is that? He could have said, ah, they won't die. Lah. There's nothing glorious in carrying cheese, in delivering food to the wearied soldiers who every day have to just line up and not sure what's going to happen. But David carried the cheese. He was just a delivery boy. And yet, he was not ashamed to do it. He was happy to do it. If when he reached a battleground, he, he ran. The Bible says he ran. There was enthusiasm. There was joy. He met the brothers. He talked with them. He talked to others. Carrying the cheese and happily doing it. This task is not too small for the future king of Israel. Do you sometimes feel that your task is too small? It's too demeaning? Oh, this is not my time. But do you know that carrying cheese will lead to something else? Don't look down at the small tasks. As small as just delivering food. Now during this time of the CMCO and, and the situations around us, some people have lost their job. Some people have turned to other kinds of jobs that they can find, including delivering food. Or, but we have Grab taxi, Grab driver. But even during this time, that business also is affected because less people are traveling. There are others who have turned to delivering food. It may be grab food, it may be uh, food panda and all that. And sometimes, you know, when I ask somebody, hey, what, what are you doing now? He say, oh, just, just delivering food, grab food, as if shy or ashamed about it. Hey, if you're doing that, don't be ashamed at all. Don't be ashamed at all at what you are doing. If you're just delivering food, carrying cheese, whether it be for the frontliners or for those uh, uh, elderly folks or, or for those who, who, who are not going out for food and just delivering. You're doing an important task and do it well. You never know where it will lead you to. I went to America for studies, five and a half years. Two years for my Master of Divinity and three years to get my doctorate, PhD. And it's very expensive. In America, in, the early, in, in, in my first year, it cost about 96 US dollar per credit hour for a course. One course, maybe three credit hours, four credit hours, and it will cost about four five hundred four five hundred US dollar for one subject. 
and I look at the amount of money I have. I went to America with about 10,000 ringgit. And I begin to calculate, oh, oh, this 10,000 ringgit. When I came to America, I thought that's a lot of money. But after registering for my first semester, I know that I'm in trouble. And that money can last me less than three months. What's going to happen next? I have no base support at all. There was only one church, and I really appreciate them. They sent 300 ringgit per month to support my studies. But that's all. But thank God that He opened the door for me. And what did I do? I delivered pizza. I was able to work by the grace of God. Legally, I was able to work in America. And so I delivered pizza because of the flexibility of hours. And I remember at one time, you know, at one period of time, it was just crazy. Morning, I would study. During the lunchtime, I would deliver pizza for Domino Pizza. And then in the afternoon, uh, uh, during the tea time, I would deliver for Papa John. And then in the evening, I would deliver for uh, Pizza Hut. But guess what? Just delivering pizza got me through a master's degree and a doctorate degree. And I look at some of my American friends and, and, and fellow students. By the time they graduate, they are heavily in debt. That's how the system works. They can get government loan. But by the time they graduate, they are heavily in debt. And by the time I graduated and came back to, America, uh, came back to Malaysia, I got surplus of funds. Just delivering pizza. So to all those of you who are doing this, don't be ashamed. Just type in the group, in the chat group there and say, I carry cheese. I carry cheese. It is very important because you never know. You see, it is not just delivering the food to the frontliners. It is not just about lunch. God is doing something great in the life of David. He is leading him towards his great destiny. It's not about lunch, it's about a lasting legacy that he would leave behind. One small task, delivering cheese. But it is part of God's great plan. And what is God's great plan? Hey, he did not reveal to David then. David had no idea at all. All he knew is, I must deliver the food to the people. That's all. And yet in that simple task, which he did it with excellence, God has a greater plan. In fact, God has been planning for generations. That's a problem with us. We look at the situation now, we don't understand and we blame God. God, where are you? What are you doing? But do you know that God has been planning for generations? You go back to the book of Ruth, for example. Had Elimelech not married Naomi, and had they not moved to Moab, a foreign country, and had Elimelech and his two sons not died, and had Ruth, the daughter-in-law of Naomi, not agreed to go back to Bethlehem with the mother-in-law, and had Ruth, not being faithful in the small task of just gleaning 
the grains from the field of Boaz and had Ruth not been obedient to the advice of the mother-in-law as to what to do. One particular night with the owner of the land, Boaz, in order to claim the rights of the Redeemer kingship. Had all of these things not happened and had Ruth not married Boaz, then David would never have been born. This David would never have been born. And yet when Ruth and Naomi went through all that, it was so painful. Naomi was shattered. Why all these things must happen to me? You see, God had a plan for generations. He's been planning in order that this David may be born. Boaz gave birth to Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse and was the grandfather of David. Generations of God's plan finally being seen to come to pass. And now God leads David further. Just one little meal. Just send and deliver it. And I will take you further into my plan. Ah, one small step. God can fit it into His plan to fulfill it. If you will just take care of the small stuff, God will take care of the giants. So do the small task during this time. You may not be able to, even if you want to, you may not do the big thing. Lock in the house. Do the small stuff. Connect with others. Join us on online. Take care of your health. Do the small stuff. Smile. You say, what smile? Nobody sees me. You know, in training the receptionist, they say one of the things that in training a receptionist in the office is when you pick up the phone, smile. Yeah, people cannot see, but actually they can feel it, whether you are smiling on the phone. Be polite. Be helpful. Do the small stuff. Give encouragement to others. Do the small stuff. And God will lead you to His greater plan. Secondly, know that small is big. Small is big. You may be small on the outside, but big on the inside. David, he was just a young guy. Saul called him just a boy. Goliath laughed at him and said, just a boy. Oh, the word youth actually is youth. And in the Hebrew sense, a youth can be a, ba a baby like Moses and Joseph, or a young lad. So it may mean from anywhere, from birth until 17 years old. So David, most likely, maybe just maximum 17 years old. And he was just about four feet, 10 inches. 
four feet ten inches. And he's just a shepherd boy, a nobody. Overlooked by his father. When Saul wanted to anoint a king, the father Jesse brought all his brothers before Saul, but didn't even bother to call David. Until Samuel says, is there another one? Oh yeah, he's out in a field somewhere, but he's, he's insignificant. He's not important in the family. Samuel says, bring him. We will not start until I see him. And his own brother also snubbed him. So people look down on this young kid. But boy, he got something inside that they do not know. He got something inside that is so very important. It's what inside that is more important than what is outside. When there's going to be a big fight, God did not choose. Those who are tough and strong in their own mind, but God chose a little boy to get into a big fight. By contrast, you look at Goliath. Goliath is an oversized killing machine. Bible says he is six cubit tall or in height. One cubit is about 18 inches. So he is more than nine feet tall. Most people put it at about nine feet, nine inches. He's double, more than double the size of David. He also carries a spear that weighs 600 shekels or about 15 kilograms. He also has an armor that weighs 6,000 shekels or about 57 kilograms. Man, he's protected. He has all the modern technological warfare weapons, if you please. And he's arrogant, he's brutal, he's harsh. And David is nothing compared to him. But don't look on the outside. It is what is inside David that makes him different. He may be a small boy, but he has a big dream. When he went there, he asked, what shall be given to the man who kills this Goliath? The people answered him, the king shall give the daughter to be married to this man. What is so important about that? When you marry into the king's family, you know what happened? You, and you, you, you will be tax-free for the rest of your life. Your family doesn't have to pay tax for the rest of their life. There'll be a lot of riches and wealth and other things. Was David looking for that? Maybe not. But he had a dream of his own. And more important than that, he had big faith. Bible says he had big faith. David heard in verse 23, he heard what Goliath had said. Taunting, belittling, not just an army, but belittling the God of Israel. And that stirred up the faith of David. The others heard the same thing. 
But it was more of belittling themselves and they feel ashamed of themselves. They feel, they feel uh, powerless. But David, he heard these Goliaths and he doesn't want the name of God to be shamed. He stirred up holy anger and stirred up faith within him. The people asked David, have you seen the giant? David is not concerned about seeing the giant. You see, faith comes by hearing, not by seeing. If you just base your action and response on what you see, you will be just like the Israelites. They were cowering in fear because they saw the giant. But David did not see the giant. He saw with the eyes of God. He heard and favor rise. Faith comes by hearing. What are you hearing? It's important what you're hearing. Now they talk a lot about fake news here and there. Be careful. Feed, feed your spirit on the word of God. Hear the word of the Lord for every situation that you are facing. It will cause faith to arise because what you believe, you'll always overcome what you see. And David had a big faith to trust in God. Repeatedly, he mentioned it. Oh, God of Israel. So what is inside you? is important. The enemy will come and tell you you are nobody. The enemy will come and say, see, you have lost everything. Don't fight anymore. Give up. The enemy will come and look down at you. You four foot ten inch person. You are too small. Look at the car that you are driving. Look at the house that you are living in. Look at the job that you are holding. And you have even lost that. You are nobody. Don't you ever believe that. What is inside you is important. You may not have an education. You may not have much money right now. But I'm not asking you how much you have. I'm asking what is inside you. God, you build you up on the inside. And no Goliath can shake you. No pandemic can kill you. No destruction can pull you down when you're strong on the inside. In Malaysia, we call these people chili padi. Type in the word chili padi. That's the hottest of the of the, of the chili. Very, very hot. Very spicy. Very small, but powerful. Powerful. That's what you are. Know that that's what God has put inside of you. I have to move quickly now. Remember small wins. Remember small wins. So Saul says, you can't do it, David. You can't do it. But David says, hi, king. When I was taking care of my father's sheep, lions came, bears came, and I 
tear them with my hands. God gave me victory. And God will do the same. You see, what is he saying? I remember. I remember, David says. I remember what God has done, the faithfulness of God, the strength of God that comes upon me. I remember. He remembered the small wins. He had victory over lions and bears. The lion and the bear and your destiny. Recognize that God uses our past and present circumstances for future glory. Small wins, but big impact and big difference. You see, the problem with many of us is we remember our defeat. We remember our failures. And we forget our victories. So often, when we face with gigantic problems or situations of gigantic proportions, we forget what we ought to remember and we remember what we ought to forget. But today, let me say, remember the small wins that God had given to you. Those times that God had delivered you. Those times that God had proven His faithfulness in your life. Although it has happened so many years ago, my story in America, but I always recount back, not only there, but so many other places, when I feel down, when I feel that the enemies are too great, I remember and I rise up like David. There was a time when the lions came and I tear it apart. The lions of affliction, the bear, the grizzly bear, 1,600 pounds that threatened to crush you. God will not allow it. God delivered you. In those moments, in those moments, press, press the reload button and remember the victories God has given you. The people of Israel were constantly reminded, remember what God has done. So after, after, after gaining the victory, after winning the victory, they were asked to put up memorial stones. Those stones would be remind you of what God has done and of the faithfulness of God. And when your children ask, what do these stones mean? He says, tell them, it is by the mighty hand of God that we were delivered. I'm sure whatever situation that you are in right now, there are times that God has delivered you. Remember, pull this out from the memory bank. Be strengthened once again. Get excited for God once again and see what He will do. Lastly, use what you have, however little. We may think that we don't have much, but you have to use what you have. That's what David did. He actually was not prepared for the battle. He came to the battlefield just to deliver some cheese and bread. That's all. God did not reveal to him, I mean, you are going to fight Goliath, so get ready. Get all your arms and all your weapons and all that. No, God did not prepare him for that. He just went there as a delivery boy. And when he got there, he knew that a battle is at hand. So what did he do? He got nothing. Nothing. 
All he had was just a shepherd's pouch. So he went to the stream, man, and he began to look for some rocks, some stones. He picked, choose, 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 and, and, and pick on this one. Oh, this one looks good. This one is good. This is round and smooth. He put one in the shepherd's pouch. Begin to look for another. Oh, this one too sharp. No, no, this one will not do it. And pick another one. Put into the shepherd's pouch. And he picked five stones from nowhere. He just picked five stones. Enough. In an emergency, he just used whatever he could find or whatever God has provided. And of course, the Bible talks about the sling. He could, he, he could have possibly brought a sling. But somebody says that actually he did not even bring a sling. It was a shepherd's pouch turned into a sling. But he used those stones and a sling. And that was enough. You see, little is much when God is in it. When God is in it, even though you have very little, it is enough. He will turn it into a powerful weapon. And what is seemingly an insignificant object will have great power. Use it. Many times in the Bible, in the Old as well as the New Testament, God would ask, what do you have? What is in your hand, Moses? Shepherd's rod. Elisha asked a woman who was in debt, what do you have? Just a few bottles, empty bottles. It's going to be filled with oil that you can sell. Jesus asked, what do you have? Two loaves and five fishes. Okay. Use whatever that you have because God is with you. It will be more than sufficient. So in these times, it's very difficult. Some of us look at our own leg and say, I don't have much now. I don't know what I'm going to do. Look around your house. Look at your hands. Look at your talents. There are some of you who have improvised. Like David, you are caught there. You have nothing and he just picked up the stones. In an emergency, he just used what he has. We are definitely in an emergency. And the call is the same. Use what you have. Some of you have resorted to cooking skills and you posted it online and you begin to sell it. Praise God for that. I pray that God will grant you creativity and wisdom. The, the giant will not defeat you. Bible says the, in verse 47, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Ultimately, we recognize that the battle is the Lord's. But it doesn't mean that we don't have to do anything. Now listen, David did not pray Goliath away. He did not come to God and say, God, let Goliath disappear. Strike him with a heart attack. No. David knew that this is a battle that he has to fight. And there are battles that you must fight. 
There are battles that you must fight. But behind it all, you recognize that the battle is the Lord's. He will fight with you. He will fight for you. Because behind the success of David is the power of God upon him. The Bible tells us that he was anointed by the Spirit of God right from the onset when he was anointed with oil. God had anointed him with his power. And God will anoint you with the power of God as well. The battle is the Lord's and He will be with you in the battle that we are fighting even right now. Trust in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, yes, small things matter. Small things matter. So what do we need to do? Do the small tasks with excellence. Know that small on the outside is actually big on the inside. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And remember the small wins. Use what you have, however little. And the Lord will grant each and every one of us the victory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody out there? Who are facing giants of your life. How to kill you, how to destroy you, constantly belittling you. Too heavy, too much for you. Am I speaking to somebody who is so fearful of what the future holds? The enemy and the circumstances and the situation have struck fear in your heart. Am I speaking to somebody who feel like you've got nothing much? You got so little to go on. Am I speaking to somebody who feels that you got nothing left even? Am I speaking to somebody who feels like you are just four foot ten? Small, insignificant. Today, God wants you to know. The small things matter. And He's speaking His word into your heart right now. There is something within you that God has formed, created. There is a purpose that He's leading, leading you into. There is a plan that He has for you and He is in control. So you do the small things. You use what you have. You build the inside person. Yes. Let me pray for you right now. Just reach out to the Lord wherever you are. Remember the faithfulness of God. Just reach out to the Lord. Just reach out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Greater things are coming. God is going to do great things. I believe that with all my heart, it takes generations for God to work. 
to bring David into the picture. And that's just the beginning. Friends, God has great things in store for you. Reach out to Him even right now, no matter what your situation is. Let's all pray together. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I just lift up your people right now, reaching out to you, dear Lord. Oh, the giants of life, dear Lord, of the circumstances have been taunting them. And today, dear Lord, oh, we shall rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, dear Lord, that you will just strengthen your people with your word right now, dear Lord, and with understanding, dear God. Dear God, that small things matter to you. I pray, dear Father, whatever their hands find to do, that they shall do it with excellence, oh God. I pray, dear Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, the enemy will no longer be little them. They shall rise up and they know who they are in you, dear God. And, and Lord, greater is He who is in us than He that is in the world. Lord, Father, I pray, God, that you will remind your people of all the, your faithfulness, dear Lord. And Lord, you have done it in the past. You can do it again, dear Father. You will stretch forth your hands, dear Lord. The battle belongs to you and you have called us to engage in it. And so, dear Father, I pray that you will bless and anoint, dear Lord. Whatever is in our hands, whatever is in our home, whatever is in our life to be used for your glory, dear Lord. You are multiplying, you are empowering, dear Lord. And Lord, it shall be used to bring deliverance, dear Lord, and your miracles even in our lives and situation. Thank you, dear Lord. Hallelujah. So Lord, even this day, we exalt you in the midst of our situations and circumstances. We exalt you, dear Lord, and we claim victory in the name of the Lord God Almighty. To you be the glory. Bless your people, dear Lord, and help us, dear Lord, to be faithful to you. Oh, to just look unto you always, dear Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. Hallelujah.